the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Are y'all happy? Are y'all in a good mood today? <laughs> I am, and so I, let me wish you all a very happy hump day because I'm in a good mood right now because we actually have some great breaking news to share with you guys on tonight's show related to the persecutions and prosecuted prosecutions of President Trump. Can't wait to share that news with you guys. And it finally happened. <laughs> Hunter Biden worked harder to avoid sitting in for that deposition than his ex-girlfriend works a poll, right? Uh, but he ended up having to come in for the deposition. We've got some highlights for you guys regarding that. So many more topics to get into tonight. In fact, we've got the one of the few uh, real investigative reporters left coming on the show tonight to talk about, speaking of persecution and prosecution, uh, particularly in this election year, in terms of the left and the communist and the Biden regime amping up the persecutions and now prosecutions of reporters in order to chill speech and in order to stop the reporting of the reality to Americans as they go to the polls. So much to get into tonight. If you miss any part of it, download the podcast wherever you get your pod. Email me at andreakeshow.com, andreakeshow.com. Love to hear from you guys. I will try to save some time to read out some emails uh, as we uh, move throughout the show. I particularly want to hear from you guys, any nominees that you have for uh, Hero. So, because that that's always the hardest for us to find. All right. That being said, let me bring in this guy. He's with me every hump day, Thursday, Tuesday, whatever. It is DJ Sesame Broccolini. <laughs> That's Does what that I have call. a little sesame broccolini like smooth groove? Oh yeah. I mean listen, this is funky. All right, there we go. Yeah, no, I mean happy hump day. This week is flying by. This is and, and today, wow, I mean yeah. yeah, there there's a lot. There is a lot. There's absolutely a lot happening. Um, I'm super excited. And Tom DeVacaro is going to be with us after the first break. So much to get into with him there. We've got Mitch McConnell's announcement to talk with him about. We've got um, to talk with him about uh, the first son in his deposition today. And I also want to get his, get his reaction to this breaking story. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm always fighting sneezes right at the open of the show. What is going on there? Um, now the Supreme Court <clears throat> has agreed to hear Trump's presidential immunity claim in the Jan uh, Jack Smith January 6th case, which means the trial may end up being postponed past the election in November. 
Let's get into some details here. To refresh your memory, okay, so this was the case. Nobody, Trump has not been charged with an insurrection. Uh, What he was charged with in regards to January 6th was creating doubt on the election process and some other like archaic pulling, you know, every archaic uh, criminal, you know, code they can out of their heinies. But he was never charged with insurrection. He was never charged with conspiracy in this. He was charged with conspiracy in terms of RICO down in Atlanta. Um, nevertheless, Trump responded, his team did, to uh, the Jan 6 case indictments with an argument about presidential immunity, stating that, uh, and in fact, I think, let me refresh your memory on their statement. Uh, when they when they immediately um, responded to the indictments, it was about immunity. And stating that in 234 years of American history, no president ever faced criminal prosecutions for his official acts. Until 19 days ago, no court has ever addressed whether immunity for such prosecution exists. Uh, This was in last month's filing uh, to the Supreme Court. Um, Now, you remember that Trump filed uh, the immunity claim. And what then happened was Jack Smith jumped over the lower court and went to the Supreme Court in an interest of time and tried to get them to immediately um, declare that he wasn't immune. And that's when uh, what they did and what the way they responded was by asking the Trump team to, uh, you know, to submit arguments. And that one of the arguments is what I just read. And then they went on to say, to this day, no appellate court has addressed it. The question stands among the most complex, intricate, and momentous issues that this court will be called on to decide. Um, So they have agreed now in taking up this immunity case. They will be hearing arguments, I believe, in April, uh, the week of April 22nd, and will decide by the end of the term in June or sooner. Um, The uh, D.C. Judge Chukin... I don't know if I'm saying that right. She had postponed the March 4th trial date indefinitely as Trump's immunity argument made its way through the courts. So um, it could be, um, according to experts here, if the Supreme Court decides quickly to reject Trump's uh, claim, it may permit a final trial on the 2020 election interference to occur in the summer or the fall, but there's no guarantee a final decision will actually come uh, before November. Um, former ap- appeals court judge Michael Ludig predicted that this is now probably unimaginable that Trump will be tried in special counsel Jack Smith's federal election interference trial before the 2024 election. Wow. Um, this is absolutely momentous because for, it has been a shock and awe of lawfare, the use of our courts to try to to destroy him, uh, to try to to deny him his ability to run again, to try basically to control the outcome of the election by trying to um in a variety of ways, try to control the outcome of the election in hopes that obviously that they can get a conviction. If not, that maybe they could tie him up so much in the courts that he wouldn't be able to run in the primary. Uh, It was also, uh, you know, I believe coordinated. I, I have no evidence of this, none whatsoever. Disclaimer. I have no evidence 
that anybody in the deep state has been coordinating with the Nikki Haley campaign. But you think of how so much of her talking points in the campaign trail and her refusal to leave have been based on arguing the left's talking points about Trump in these trials. And you have to think that by, by these continuing that, that, you know, there's, they're, they're thinking of all the angles in which they can use the lawfare uh, to destroy him, to control the outcome of the elections, including, but not limited to the New York uh, phony fraud case. So this is clearly, and it's starting to implode. I mean, now, and, and, you know, I want to get your way in here. I don't personally think that the Supreme court, is going to weigh in on something that is so historic in our 234 years as, as a nation, so historic that they're going to weigh quickly on this. I don't believe that they will. I think that that whatever they end up, uh, you know, um, ruling, it will be past the point of the election so as not to interfere in it, if for nothing else. Your thoughts? This is, I, th- I think you're exactly right. And it's just, it's huge. It, it really is. I mean, Jack Smith must be very nervous right now. I don't, I don't know what else could, could change in the coming days, but this is, Mm-mm. this seems like really good news. Like really yeah. it does like a turning point in what's going yes. on. So I, I don't want to get too excited too quickly, the- but it's like this, yeah. this could be big. This could be big. Well, yeah, I just, I, I would like to see them rush a quick ruling that he has immunity. But I don't have confidence in this court to do that. I certainly don't have confidence in Chief Justice John Roberts. Uh, I don't even have a whole lot of uh, confidence in Amy Coney Barrett. Me neither, um, honestly. So, so, but I, what I do think is that they might, you know, gnaw bone on this and, and, and wring their hands long enough to issue a ruling too late for it to, to affect the outcome of the elections. We're going to take a break. We come back. I'm dying to get the perspective of my favorite political pundit and, and dear friend Tom DeBacaro, author of Divided uh, Era. And he's actually got a new book coming out. So I can't wait to get his opinion on this, as well as Hunter Biden today and other topics. So stick around. This is the Andrew K. Show on AM 1170. FM 96.1 and streaming all over the world. AK, dynamite in a dress, or just Andrea K, whatever you call her, she's on the answer San Diego. There's so many great things you can call me. One of my nicknames, by the way, I've actually had many nicknames, but one of my favorites was really the Bulldog, because when I was in sales, uh, the word was is that uh, when I sunk my teeth into a prospect, they couldn't shake me off. (laughs) I'm kind of that way uh, when it comes to my politics as well. Can y'all tell I'm in a good mood? I really am. Uh, thanks to the breaking news that I shared with you guys at the open of the show. And now I'm super excited, coincidentally, uh, to have my friend Tom DeBacaro, famed attorney, political commentator, author. In fact, he's got a new book out. Super excited. I actually had him scheduled to come on tonight before this news broke. Um, let me go ahead and bring him in. Hello, Tom DeBacaro. How are you? Great to be on. Thank you. I'm not sure if you've heard the new yet. Book's not, the, new book, the new book's out uh, July 30th. The Lessons of the American Civilization. Wonderful. Excuse me for the premature promotion on that, but uh, we look forward to (laughs) that coming out in July. Um, uh, So to me, 
Excuse me for being giddy and, and feeling so tickled right now, Tom DeBacaro, but I am just loving that the, that the Supreme Court has agreed to hear Trump's presidential immunity case. Um, uh, you know, experts like yourself are, are saying that, uh, that it's pretty much unimaginable now that the Trump trial and the Jan 6 case will take place um, before the election. What are your thoughts on this announcement today? Yeah, I agree with that because they said uh, that they would take it up in April. Um, This is no oral argument. This is no small uh, decision because, as Trump rightly points out, this has potential repercussions for every president going forward. Mm -hmm. So it's not something where they could just simply say, you know, we agree or we disagree. Thanks for calling. They have got to lay out the law and how they're getting to this decision. And if that takes it to June, then you let's just say that Trump lost. That would take it to June. And then that would go back and you have to start this process of getting ready for the trial, which is going to take weeks on end, several months. And then the DOJ has this standing rule that you don't hold these kind of trials right during an election. So I would be really surprised if somehow this occurred before the election. Um, And it shouldn't. Obviously, this is Mm -hmm. Jack Smith's ridiculous. And so but I, I also, you know, this issue of immunity, Trump saying, look, I acted as a president, therefore, I made a political decision, and you can't criminalize that. Now, there isn't complete and total immunity. If he walked across the street in the middle of the night and shot someone, Mm -hmm. I don't think you'd find a case to say that, or a judge would say, okay, well, that's immunity. On the other hand, he was standing there and questioning the results of an election and saying what we need to do. That you can make the argument that, yes, it's in his personal interest. However, you can act in your personal interest and on behalf of the country at the same time. And let me give you the two are intertwined. They're intertwined. Yes. Let me give you a legal analogy. In in California, if you are driving your car to uh, for a business and you drop something off and you get in an accident on go to drop something off and you have other things to do when you get in an accident, the workers' compensation law said you don't have to exclusively be doing something for the business as long as it was part of the business. In other words, Mm -hmm. you can. There's two elements to this, personal and business. Trump could say, we have to make sure these elections are clean, and I want to challenge this, which is very presidential on the one hand, and it affects himself. That doesn't mean it affects himself, overrides his other interests. So we'll have to see what they do. I'm hopeful that what they say is, provide the guidelines on how this issue should be decided. Mm-hmm. Not saying yay or nay, but saying, here are the rules that apply. 
And yeah, then, so basically, the, almost basically, what you're saying is actually almost decide the case and actually almost uh, issue a ruling on the merits of of Jack Smith's case in the first place. Is that what you're saying? Well, set the guardrails, and and it could be that some of the claims within J- Jack Smith's case therefore become moot because the gotcha. Supreme Court says you you. But if they say here's where immunity lies. Let's take my example when he's doing it both uh, on the nation's benefit politically and his own. Under those circumstances, you he has immunity. They might not say, therefore, we're going to throw out this portion, or they they might, but at least set the guardrails so that the lower courts know what the what the Supreme Court believes the rules are, because that's where they have to come from. Right. Gotcha. Let me shift gears really quickly um, uh, down to Atlanta, because, you know, that's that case is also imploding. Um, Since I've had you on the show, uh, we've had updates between the Lovebirds, America's Sweethearts, uh, Fannie Willis and Nathan Wade. We had his uh, ex-divorce attorney on the stand who admitted that in text messages and said, yeah, that's my text message in which he agreed in the text message that they were dating before he was hired. And he even said in a text message, they would deny it. We now know that there were 12,000 text messages between the lovebirds, uh, 2000 phone calls. Uh, His data shows that he stayed overnight. And I mean, you know, obviously, you know, that, I mean, where, where do you see this going? I, I don't trust the judge. I, but I mean, do you see this going forward with her disqualified or do you see this thing completely imploding? Well, in the court of public opinion, which matters a lot here, this has basically come a part of the schemes. There's a new poll that shows again that, uh, even 48%, I think, of Democrats or 42% of Democrats think that this is all lawfare designed to disqualify candidates instead for a legitimate legal purpose. So that has a big impact on that. And this whole circus make, undermines the credibility of that case whatsoever. I, I, I think the so-called experts... The majority of them say that she's, and I would agree that they're going to be removed from the case because they have no credibility to act in the public interest, which is what they're supposed to be doing. But that doesn't mean that the charges necessarily are going to be thrown out. It it would mean that someone else will be put in charge and that someone else could refocus the case or, or they could decide not to to push forward because even before that case goes to trial, there's still this issue of, did they coordinate with the white house? We could talk, Mm -hmm. I think is the bigger potential issue because if that's the case, that's the uproar that would, in my view, get rid of, get rid of this case altogether. And by the way, make all those who plea bargained, uh, try and get their plea bargains undone and feel dumb about the fact that they rushed to give up. Well, that was a question I put out last night to the listeners. I'm like, you know, and I, I, 
uh, where are they? They haven't been speaking. You know, why aren't they screaming right now about this? Or maybe they're waiting to see what happens with Fannie Willis. But yeah, I mean, they really, Sidney Powell, who, you know, is a friend of mine, I, you know, I had so much respect for her, none for Jenna Ellis, but, you know, they both, you know, threw themselves on the mercy of the court and, you know, admitted that they did this and that. Now they've got to be thinking we're even dumber than we appeared to be at the point. So um, I'm at two minutes left. Let's switch gears one more time. I'm putting Tom DeBacaro through the lightning round. Mitch McConnell has announced that he's stepping down as a Senate minority leader, but not until November, which means he's really not doing anything. He's, sta- he's staying in there, realizing that, you know, he's, he's just in there to be an impediment uh, to the conservative agenda through November. Um, your thoughts. Well, they're in the minority, <laughs> so there's really not much of a conservative agenda. I wish there was. Well, yeah, but but, but couldn't he? But but then why? Then why? Then why even make the announcement? Then why even do anything? Um, that could be uh, his way of signaling. I think Trump's going to win, and I don't have the energy for to do this again. Look, his health is bad. And well, he, he's risking his life with his stress level, just like Biden is. Joe Biden is risking Joe Biden's life mm-hmm. and, and the p- potential for another stroke. But look, he's 82 years old. Sometimes people just, you know, make the determined to go to go away. But I think it just signals that he thinks Trump's going to win and yeah, that he need Trump needs somebody who's young and energetic, because keep this in mind. Trump's only going to have about one year to get stuff done because then yeah. you have the next set of elections and the presidential cycle will turn. He's going to hit the ground sprinting and he needs a young Senate leader to sprint with him. And he needs a, and he needs Ron DeSantis if, if he could pull his ego out of his butt as a VP, because uh, we need to be uh, we need to be laying the foundation for the next four years. Uh, in the first year. So got to leave it there, Tom. Tell everybody one more time about the books coming out and when they can maybe do some pre-order. Yeah, the the pre-orders are in June, but it's the Lessons of the American Civilization coming out in July, July 30th, pre-orders in June. Thanks so much for having me on. All right. Thanks for being here. All right, you guys, we're going to take a break. We come back. What's an endangered species in America today? It's not just the free press. It's actually real investigative journalist and we've got uh, one of my favorites is going to be on with us emerald robinson she will be with us when we come back so don't go away Andrea K. Telling you like it is while eating a donut too. It's the Andrea K. Show on the Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. I told you I was in a great mood at the top of the show because of the breaking news that SCOTUS was going to be hearing Trump's immunity case, which meant uh, pretty pretty uh, much for certain that uh, that little sad little pathetic case in attempt to persecute. Uh, Donald Trump and, and control the election wasn't likely to happen. Um, but that doesn't mean all is well in the United States of America today. In fact, uh, we're going to switch gears and talk about an endangered species in the United States. And that's not just our free press, but actually uh, something that we used to be able to depend on as Americans 
and that is investigative journalist and getting the truth to the American people, holding our elected officials accountable. That's what the free press was designed to do. And now, not unlike Zelensky in Ukraine, who shut down <laughs> independent outlets and turned them all into uh, Pravda-like propaganda outlets, uh, we see the amping up and the increased persecution and now prosecution of journalists in the United States. And joining me now to discuss is one of the last remaining true investigative journalist in the country today. And I know that you all know her well and you respect her uh, so much. And it is, of course, Emma Robinson. She's host of uh, Absolute Truth uh, on uh, Frank Speech. She's ex-Newsmax, ex-OANN. She herself has been fired from outlets because she dared to speak the truth. She was named top 10 Twitter influencer uh, by none other than WAPO. And she joins me now. Hey, Emerald, welcome to the Andrea K Show. Hi, Andrea. Thank you so much. That's quite the intro. I appreciate that. Truthful reporters out there. We don't have enough of that. We've got too many outlets, even those that call themselves conservative, that are suppressing truth. And that's, you know, a major concern to me. I gave up a very successful corporate sales career and started getting in the media because I wanted to save this country. And, you know, one of the things I love about being on Salem is that they never tell me what I'm allowed to say. They never tell me what I can say, what I can't say. And I, I just get to benefit from, from freedom of speech. And I've done a lot of panels, spent a lot of time on one of your ex outlets, uh, that just didn't like my brand of honesty. And, 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 but it's now we've gone from, um, cancel culture. We've gone from shadow banning. We've gone from, um, throttling down. We've gone now from, even from the days of Obama, when they spied on, when he spied on James Rosen, um, when they, uh, you know, all the ways in which they've tried to shut up journalists. We're now at the phase of prosecuting journalists. And there's a name that you know well that may not be that well known to some of my listeners. It's Steve Baker um, from Turning Point USA and The Blaze. And he is facing prosecution. And you know him well. And so I'm proud to have you with us tonight so that you can tell his story and what Americans need to know. Thank you. And I really, really appreciate you having me, Andrea, because, um, you know, sometimes when you're a journalist in this situation, you cannot go out and speak for yourself. And Steve is sort of in that position. So I I appreciate you having me on so I can tell you a little more about what's going on. Like you said, some might not know Steve Baker, but they should. Because he has been instrumental in getting the January 6th footage, the security footage, not only just from the Capitol building, but also some extra footage from the Democratic National Committee that day that has been key for Americans to see because it dispels the narrative that was touted by the J6 committee and what you see in the corporate media. A, the latest reporting he did um, really... Well, what it shows is that the pipe bomb, the response to it, the the U.S. Secret Service, who was there with Kamala Harris, which they tried to hide the fact that she was there even, the vice president-elect. And let me tell you, I still have a lot of questions about that, Andrea, as a White House correspondent Mm -hmm. at the time. I was still in the White House press pool. And what I will tell you about 
um, being in the White House press pool is that we have pools that go with every high official, right? We, there's pools that goes with the vice president at the time. And at that point in history, you would have, in, in any transition, you would have reporters that are going with the president-elect as a pool. That's a team of reporters that are assigned to travel with, with that, that individual. And there's, it's interesting because we don't know of a pool that was with Kamala Harris at the time, though she was set to be the vice president. She was the vice president-elect. And we didn't even know she was going to the DNC. There's still no clear answer as, as to why she was there. And then Steve mm-hmm. Baker is reporting, and the, the the footage he released shows that there was not much concern about the pipe bomb, the alleged pipe bomb, even when they found out about it. And there are FBI whistleblowers and even people who are still in the FBI who are speaking under the condition of anonymity who say, this doesn't look like a real pipe bomb. It looks like the ones we use in training. So he had embarrassed not only the Capitol Police at this point for some of his prior reporting, but now he's embarrassed the U.S. Secret Service or out of them, the D.C. Metro Police um, and, and the FBI. And so while other – and I think you've noted this, um, and you noted this when you, you filled in on OEN the other night as a host mm-hmm. for In Focus, Andrea. And I think it's good to reference that this has mm-hmm. not this is not a new thing, the targeting of journalists. You have yeah. Cheryl Atkinson and she watched her files and I've talked with her because I'm concerned mm. about my computers, right? Um, yeah. she watched her files, the access remotely. And we've had James Rosen be spied on. We've had we've had Julian Assange and we've even had J six, uh many J six journalists who are not the corporate media. I mean, the AP has not had anyone from the AP who was inside the building um, in restricted, so-called restricted areas or, you know, Reuters or other outlets who had or had camera crews and journalists in there that day. They've not been served with warrants or, or mm-hmm. prosecuted for any trespassing crimes. But you have had some journalists like Stephen Horn or um, J.D. Rivera um, you might not know those names because they're independent, um, but they were prosecuted and they served some time and they had consequences. But what's most chilling about Steve Baker's impending arrest, and he'll turn himself on Friday, and in a moment I can give you more details about that because I just talked to him today, um, is that he is still actively releasing footage that wow. contradicts the narrative that you know federal law enforcement and capital law enforcement are putting out there. And they want that to stop. He's right. still he's had report breaking report after breaking report over the last few weeks and months, and that speaks to a whole different level of persecution because it's retribution and it's suppression. No, absolutely, and it's it and it should send a chill up the spine of every American because to me. This is, you know, it might be hyperbolic to say this is no-co level kind of stuff, but to me, it's Castro's Cuba. It's old Soviet, you know, socialist republic Mm -hmm. kind of crap that's going on in the United States of America that you dare 
you know, we're, we're supposed to have a free, free press as a mechanism to hold our elected officials accountable. And now uh, they're going to be reporters are literally about to be thrown in the gulag for attempting to get the truth to the American people, because the entire January 6th, it was a Fed surrection. It was meant to cover up the theft of an election in 2020. It was meant to criminalize the idea of anybody questioning the outcome of an election going forward. And, and as we and as we finally start to get some truth and dribs and drabs coming out, uh, the solution for the communist is to, you know, persecute any individual. Uh, and, and what courage that he has to be continuing to put this out there to the American people. Um, talk about, you know, a patriotic. Talk about heroic. I mean, I can't even imagine what it's like to be facing that kind of jackboot on my neck. And, you know, the, and this to me is just, it, it, I, I can't even imagine being in his shoes. Kind of like, a, you know, I can't even imagine Steve Bannon. He's looking at time because he refused to go and testify at that sham Jan 6 uh, committee. Same thing with Peter Navarro. They're looking at jail time. Um, we're talking to Emma Robinson, by the way, one of the last remaining uh, of the endangered species, which is investigative journalist here in this country. Uh, tell us about him turning himself in on Friday. And Riley, if you can extend my time with Emerald, I, I'd appreciate it. Um, because I know I'm bumping up against a break. Um, but tell us about him turning himself in Friday. So what Peter told me is, I mean, sorry, Steve, um, he told me that he will turn himself into FBI in the Dallas area and he'll face the magistrate. They told him to wear sandals and shorts. Mm-hmm. And we assume that means because they're going to put him in a jumper. But he says that he feels like they're going to try to make this the executive level humiliation to make an example of him. How he's feeling, he said today, you know, he feels okay because he's keeping himself busy. But he's, he always he said, ask him on Friday, right, when he's actually going through it. Wow. I mean, part of this also reminds me of Mao's, you know, Mao's revolution and Mao's China because, they, you know, one of the main tactics – uh, to, is to use uh, somebody as, as a, I don't want to say necessarily a scapegoat, but um, to put them through struggle sessions in order to try to beat the will out of you and then send the message to everybody else, this is what's going to happen to you. So the, the level of humiliation is really a key tactic here. And, and by the way, this is for misdemeanor charges. Which is, which mm-hmm. is, which is, they're going to, they're going to extend the humiliation, but it's misdemeanor now, Emerald, because, you know, they, one of the things that they did to amp up the charges against so many of the Jan 6 defendants was the lack of, of where, uh, truth about the whereabouts of the current vice president at the time, as well as vice president elect. Um, and that's one of the reasons why, uh, on top of everything else, that I can't stomach Mike Pence because he's been dishonest about his whereabouts, because if he was near there, then it made the charges even greater. And so it, he could be looking, Baker could be looking at increased charges. So this is absolutely very serious. It's incredibly dangerous. And how can we get the average American who thinks, oh, well, he shouldn't, he shouldn't have done that. He shouldn't have been there. How do we get the average American to understand what is going on in our country and the implications of this? That's an excellent question. I think getting the actual footage and great reporting to them is very helpful because, I, I mean, even in the town I live in, 
sometimes in a, I'm in a nail salon and I'll hear someone reference all oh, those terrible J fixers, which sounds surreal, right? Mm-hmm. Um, um, but I think they watch MS, and, you know, MSNBC and CNN, and they. So I think it's just in some ways, if you can bring it up with your neighbor in a in a collegial way, or you share it on 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 whatever you have. We got to get the real information out there, and I don't know what else to do um, other than reporting it, which is what what I try to do, um, and sharing it out there. It, it, it does sometimes amaze me. I think a lot of people get it, but then I encounter people, even family, who watch CBS per se and don't understand anything. These people actually did something wrong, and then when I tell them the real details, they're shocked and they're appalled Mm -hmm. because they think so differently about their country. Yeah. It reminds me of Brett Kavanaugh, and I'll leave it here. You know, it's easier to con people than to convince them they've been conned. Now that so many of the Mm -hmm. Americans have been conned on this, I mean, half the country still believes Brett Kavanaugh gang raped girls, right? And, you know, some of them are like, oh, wow, afterwards he he was wrongly accused. It's kind of a similar situation here. Some of the Americans will never be able to um, uh, understand or or accept the truth that they've been conned about Jan 6. But many Americans um, will, when when presented with the facts, uh, will come to the right conclusion here. And we desperately need that if we're going to save this country. Emerald, tell everybody how they can watch you, hear you, read your work and support you. Sure. You can watch me every day on frankspeech.com or download the app on Roku or Apple TV um, at 4 p.m. Eastern. And you can also read my work where I, I put a lot of my source links and more of my in-depth reporting at emerald.tv. Well, thank you so much. Uh, Prayers for Steve Baker. If you could tell him that we are praying for him and we just respect him uh, and, and admire him so much. And you as well, Emerald. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you, Andrea. And I'll certainly relay the message. Thank you. All right, you guys stick around. We're going to take a skinny, tiny little break, but we'll be back. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, FM 96.1 and streaming all over the world. Andrea K. Telling you like it is while eating a donut, too. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. You know, I was just saying earlier in the show, asking for you guys to send emails um, and to for anything you want to do, anything you want to say to me. But also, if you had ideas, you know, for daily, you know, heroes, uh, I, I got to tell you, a hero is a is an investigative reporter like Steve Baker who's saying I'm going to put the truth out there even if it lands me in prison. And when we are in the United States of America and reporting the truth lands you in prison, we're not America anymore. Are we sesame? Nope, not at all. Not even close. No. And yet meanwhile all day long we got to hear uh, you know, Trump is a threat to democracy, a threat to democracy. The Democrats are always, I mean, it's so, it's so obvious. It's just, it, it almost feels completely stupid and trite to say it, right? That they're always guilty. It's classic projection. They're always guilty of whatever it is they're accusing the Republican Party of. Um, next hour, we're going to delve into the Biden situation. We've got some updates and things to talk about regarding the border. Let me tell y'all, it's, we've reached a crisis point 
And the Democrats have reached a crisis point as well with their orchestrated invasion uh, with this Lake and Riley death uh, in Georgia. So uh, we're going to talk about that next hour. I want to hear from you guys. Email me at andreakeshow.com. Download the pod if you missed it. If you missed last segment, we had Emerald Robinson on to talk about her friend Steve Baker, who is uh, re- uh, re- been reporting about Jan 6 and the truth about what went on that day as a Fed's erection. And he is going to be turning himself in. He's facing charges three years later. Hmm, gee, why would it be three years later? So if you missed that, you're going to want to download the pod. Um, let's end the show with a laugh, shall we? Um, because KGP, Kareem Mophead, Kareem Jean-Pierre, took to the microphones today. And, um, you know, I saw this clip earlier and I didn't download it because I thought, you know, this is so stupid. I, you know, can I even, you know harm the ears of my listeners with it. But we got to have a laugh because um, she was asked today uh, about um, as, you know, Biden went to have his annual exam at Walter Reed today, which, um, you know, (laughs) as the Italian TV, if you guys didn't see the Italian TV skit on Joe Biden, you got to watch it. It was absolutely hilarious. And the Emmy goes to for comedic, you know, TV, best comedy show, the Italian TV. Uh, I mean, when the world is mocking his mental health, I mean, we all know. So Corrine Jean-Pierre was peppered today with questions about it. And she actually had the gall to say, If you look at what this president, uh, he passes a cognitive test every day, every day as he moves from one topic to another topic, understanding the granular level of these topics. This is a very rigorous job. (laughs) Anybody, what was it? Stephen Colbert show he was on a couple nights ago. And he's even as he was trying to attack Trump's cognitive abilities, he lost his train of thought. I mean, you know, it was late night with Seth Meyers and it was awful. Was it Seth Meyers? Yeah, it was awful. It was, I would be embarrassed for him. I would feel bad for him if he wasn't such a corrupt crook. If he wasn't such a creepy old man who preys on young girls and sniffs them and touches them inappropriately. And don't be saying I'm accusing him of sexual assault of young girls, but he's inappropriate in his behavior to minors including his own daughter who documented it in a diary. So no, I don't have to be nice to anybody like that, regardless of what title they may have. And, you know, it's, it's, it's past the point of being laughable when we have the spokesperson for the White House, for the greatest country in the history of the world, trying to pee on our legs and tell us it's raining. It's just, it's, it's not funny anymore. It's just, it, it's at the point of, and where's the Republican Party? Where are they today? Well, they some of them were actually in a hearing uh, for Hunter Biden's deposition, and there was actually some laughs that came out about that. We're going to get into that next hour, so uh, come stick around with us. we got more to talk about next hour. Sesame Broccolini will keep the show rolling. Download the podcast if you miss any part of it. Um, we've got the Hunter Biden story to talk about. We've got an update on Lake and Riley. And a couple more, uh, I might have a couple more trips up my, up my sleeve. Uh, so come on back.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.